Welcome to the Connect FCS Ed Podcast, where we talk about family and consumer sciences education. Each episode is geared to support, recruit, and retain the professional FCS educator. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to boldly celebrate with you today, families and careers. Hi, and welcome back to Connect FCS Ed. Today's teacher spotlight is Moira Robertson. She is a teen living teacher out in Virginia where she is. Uh, she teaches at the middle school level, sixth, seventh, eighth graders. But she took the alternative route to teaching. She has a background in home economics, focused on clothing, textiles, and design. But her journey started in New York which then took her all the way to San Francisco, to San Diego, where she worked with an outdoor industry company where she sourced fabrics and components for product developers. She's traveled all over the U.S. analyzing best fabrics for outdoor industries, as well as having internships with Simplicity Patterns and boutique uh, fashion of Steven Sprouse. Welcome, Moira. Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, well, we've just been having a fun little side conversation before recording. And my goodness, you have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the fashion industry. On paper, it does seem like that. But my, um, you would, the people that I work with or worked with, they had phenomenal um, artistic talent, creative talent. I tried really hard um, at doing that. And I, I found that my passion was there, but my skills were needed in the background. So um, I, I really liked being the support to the product developers and the creative team. And, you know, so I, I graduated from Rutgers. I did have a Bachelor of Science in Home Economics, just because um, my dad, he was like, yeah, you can apply to all these crazy schools, but you are going to go to Rutgers. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, I, I tried my portfolio and getting my essay written for FIT and I took the written test and needless to say, I did not get into FIT. So I packed my bags and I went seven miles away <laughs> down the road to Rutgers in New Jersey But that gave me an opportunity for having the internship at Simplicity Patterns and the internship at Stephen Sprouse. And those students out there that have that passion for design and in the fashion industry, if you don't go the creative Bachelor of Arts route, like Pratt or FIT or um, RISD or something like that, there were schools, there were state colleges and universities that had a home economics department. And sadly, Rutgers does not have the clothing textile design part of it. It's gone all 100% nutrition. So if you're interested in that, you can still find pockets like Ohio State, I think Wisconsin. I I can't remember off the top of my head the other ones, but there are a handful of full-on home economics departments. And excuse me, it's called Family and Consumer Science now. And if you dig down in their curriculum, you'll find the the sewing, the textile and design the way I did. That's how I got out to uh, San Francisco. I worked for a tiny company in customer service. And then 
I met a boyfriend and he was in the military and we kept moving and finally married. And in San Diego, that's where I worked for Eagle Creek in the product development and I sourced new fabrics for them. So with my background in textile technology, um, they were looking at high performance fabrics or whipping, wicking fabrics or things that would stretch or pull or, um, you know, create protection and then the different pull tabs and all the componentry and stuff. So it, I really liked that. So. Well, <laughs> just with talking about stretchy fabrics, I have to say, I think we're all enjoying stretchy fabrics oh. today. <laughs> Where, with our jeans and our leggings uh-huh. and all of that, because COVID has not been kind, at least to my waistline. It, I, I hear you, girl. I know it. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> so funny that that tech fabric, the four-way stretch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and I I love it. So, so I just came out of the kind of the teacher pipeline with getting my master's degree in family consumer sciences. So I was able to take a sewing and textiles class for my master's degree. And I found it, it was interesting taking that class online. I, I didn't do any, no sewing was involved, but I did have to go on like a scavenger hunt to Joanne Fabrics or Michael's, any, any place that has you know, fabrics. Mm-hmm. And um, I was able to talk to customer service and as they're walking me around the store, showing me the different patterns and the different types of weaves that is necessary in knowing your fabrics for all the different avenues of. Yes. So mm-hmm. I, I love that. So what was, what was it about the design industry that you love so much? So the designers that I worked with at both Eagle Creek and Sierra Designs, they could work on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, completely blank. And they needed to come up with a, you know, a line of parkas that were going to be snowboard, um, you know, um, ready, you know, that they were designed for the snowboarders. Okay. I couldn't get past the drawing because then they had to take that drawing and they had to turn it into a sample. They work with a sample sewer and they had to take that two-dimensional drawing, turn it into a three-dimensional drawing, worry about the componentry, the accents, the features of the jacket, and then worry about the components of what it's going to, you know, let alone the color, what's going to be the liner, what's going to be the interfacing, what's going to be the wicking component? How is this going to breathe? What's going to be in the hood? I mean, it was just overwhelming to design, let alone one thing. You had to design an entire line. So I found that daunting. (laughs) I could do the drawing and I could do the sewing, but the time that it took me to do that, it was not cost-effective. And my amazing boss, Kathy Wolf, she realized that I had the passion to help out in the department, but I was it was not helping her or me doing what I was doing. So she knew that I had a textile background. So she had me join her on the on the sales calls for the fabric vendors. And I just 
took that to heart and I just soaked in everything that she was teaching me about the sales side and taking in what what I had learned about in school, all those silly organic chem classes <laughs> about, you know, what the polyester was doing and the nylon was doing and you want this for your liner and, you know, the Gore-Tex and this. So that's what I loved about it the most, but mixing the science with the salesmanship and then seeing my product, well, I was calling it my product, but it was the fabric that was my product mm -hmm. on, you know, the luggage that was at the trade shows or ended up in REI or EMS or Travel 2000 and, and stuff. So that investigation of finding the components, the shopping part, duh. <laughs> Well, so, yeah, that. no, that's great. Which that is your alternative route in how you came into right FCS classroom. So yes. you've been now teaching FCS at the middle mm -hmm. school level for seven years and mm -hmm. you're teaching it's teen living. Yes. Virginia, but right. You came from another area where it was called something else. Right. So in Northern Virginia, in Stafford County, they called it Family and Consumer Science Exploratory 1, 2, and 3 for 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. And the 6th and 7th graders were on a wheel. So they got to try their hand in art and STEM and business and then family consumer science facts and drama. Okay. So I, I didn't see them as much. And then the eighth graders I had for a semester. So I had seven, sixth graders and seventh graders for quarters. And I had eighth graders for semesters. And then when I, we moved to Virginia Beach one last time, <laughs> I had been looking for jobs, but was very doubtful. Oops, I was very doubtful that I would find a family consumer science teacher position in Virginia Beach. And I went to a job fair with Virginia Beach City Public Schools. And I handed out my resumes to every single middle school. And I didn't know of any openings. And then I got a call back for an interview. And I found myself with a job in 2019 with Corporate Lending Middle School in Virginia Beach. It's been tough because it's actually my very first full-time job because the six years that I worked in Stafford, I was part-time. I taught every day, but I taught two classes or three classes per day. You know, I'd come in at 10, I would leave at two. And I, I didn't have to do any of the meetings. I didn't have to attend. And I, I attended the big like town hall meetings, but I didn't have to do the, I, I'm a, I was a singleton. So I wasn't, I didn't have department meetings to handle. And I, I did meet the other facts teachers in Stafford County on a monthly basis. But that's really the only meeting attender I, I, I had to deal with. Then in Virginia Beach, oh, and my class sizes in Stafford County, my largest class was 18. Oh, that's so small. Uh Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I found that out the three days before class. I was like, huh, I wonder how big my classes are. I just had no idea that I would be having 30 students in my class. I, I have no idea why I thought that. That first semester was like a waterfall. Like I was a new teacher all over again. 
like classroom management and dealing with the legacy of a teacher of 40 years at the, in my building and having five classes and five classes of 30 students. It was, to say the least, it, it was overwhelming. But I knew my stuff, so I wasn't nearly as afraid of the curriculum as I was of my classroom management because I'm like, I can't believe I have five classes of 30. So the 30 classes, the five classes, and grading was a, is a huge learning curve. Mm-hmm. And it was a brand new learning platform. You know, we were a Google Classroom up in Stafford, and then I had to learn Schoology. It was just a rude awakening, like, as to what I was dealing with as a full-time yeah, a brand new full-time teacher. Yes, because then you, you had to be on a committee and you had to attend these meetings. And then there was the IEPs and the 504s that as a part-time teacher, I did not have to participate in. Yeah. You know, it was, it's just, it's crazy the amount of things teachers have to, full-time teachers have to deal with above and beyond the academics of it. Just yeah, it was it was overwhelming. <laughs> well, gosh, I want to say that 85, 90% of what I do is all administration type stuff. It's all of the background work that goes what? into the actual teaching part. So 10% yes. is just teaching and classroom management and getting to know your students, mm-hmm. grading. That's 10% of what I do. And then 90, 90%, everything else is, there's a lot, the, the 504 IEPs, the advisory yes. that I'm on, yes. the PLCs or PLTs. Uh, yes. Because I know there, we follow, oh gosh, I'm, I'm blanking out on the name, but Solution Tree and Dr. Cruz talks about, you know, professional learning teams and yes. the, the PLTs is, is, that's the correct acronym, but then I follow something else and it's all about PLCs, professional mm-hmm. learning communities. And it's just like people just yes. decide on one acronym and let's go with it. Cause I want to say education has by far the most acronyms out of everything. Let's <laughs> know yes. the vocabulary. Yes. And then there's the ESL stuff you have to do. And then the advisory for this. And yeah, it is that part to me was daunting and had me in tears the first year. Just the the wealth of how unprepared I was for teaching full time. You know, and I'm thinking, I have just landed my dream job. I have three, not one, but three separate studios. I have a sewing studio. I have a teaching kitchen classroom. And I have my regular classroom. I have my office. I have my supply room. I even have a video production room. Because it it used to be that the news room was run out of the teen living lab. Um, they since changed that to the library media arts specialist upstairs, but I still have a video room, which I'm like, okay, I'm totally going to make this into a cooking show type of thing, or, you know, here comes Rachel Ray or whatever, you know, I, I can't even think to put that together. 
But then I, I go on the Family Consumer Science um, Facebook page and the Family Consumer Science Digital Notebook and your podcast and Tish Richmond's and um, the um, FAC um, PLC uh, group that meets yeah. monthly on the 19th. Yeah. I joined that and it was just uh, like a flow of information and support. I'm like, I have this. I'm not sure how I have it, but I have a net of <laughs> helpers. So I think I can do this. And then, you know, with COVID, all of my on-hand lessons, you know, had to turn digital. And was I really connecting with the students last spring when we just had choice boards? And now it's hybrid. And, you know, I have the sixth graders face-to-face and I have everyone else coming in. And I mean, it's, it's redoing your work for every turn of the road to teach the students. It's so exhausting. <laughs> no, and it absolutely is. Gosh, on Saturday, I spoke with my uh, CTE coordinator or uh, she, she's our, uh, our TOSA, you know, teacher on special assignment. And mm-hmm. we were having kind of the same conversation, just talking about how the evolution of hybrid choice boards, all yes. of that for all of my classes, because I don't know about you, which I'm sure we're very, all of us, listeners included, we're all along the same lines. Our curriculum was never designed for a digital, uh, digital age. Uh-huh. So we've been able to create everything digital-wise, and every single district it does something completely different. So I teach every single district, every single school. Yeah, every single school. You're absolutely right. Because in for my in my area, my district that we are not for foods and nutrition, um, sewing for um, interior design, all of our classes. We mm-hmm. are not allowed to send out kits or we're not allowed to send out food. We're nothing. So everything had to go into theory-based. I um, know. And we don't have anything theory-based. And doing the, the digital interactive notebooks, which I absolutely love. Yes. I've been able to transform everything into those notebooks and I'm breaking them down into units and breaking them. That's what I decided to do too. Yeah. Yeah, Because the notebooks were too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been absolutely crazy, but with just talking with my CTE TOSA, I'm going, I've been working for free because I'm having to develop these intricate notebooks that are for my my students right but I'm working for free because I'm working late into the night and building these things and and there's an evolution of them because as soon as you show them to your students and you're working through it then you're able to see oh I'm going to tweak it in this area and And that's a teacher that's a teacher right 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 because I learned the same thing like I found out that there was this Family Consumer Science Digital Notebook Face Page from my savior, Kim Graybill. If I ever meet her, if I ever meet, (laughs) I know, I found her site and I'm like, oh, that site saved me. Like so many fantastic ideas that I have, you know, have to tweak for middle school, but 
she is right on the money with all those hands on blah blah. And then from her, she was like, oh, there's this Facebook page for digital notebooks. So I was all over that. And you're right, breaking those notebooks down into units is better for the kids to, you know, use them as assignments or fill them out like, okay, so I, I do I do mini notebooks like, you know, the eighth graders, we just went into our second semester. So it's self and family. So that's that's the mini notebook that they got and they have to do these activities in there. But my district, we are we were fortunate enough that they bought us supplies for doing a hand sewing project. So we have to make them up, but I have the felt and the needles and the thread and the pattern and, you know, the paper clips because God forbid they get pins, but we're giving them a needle. The paper, but but they, they get these little kits. They pick them up at the school, but I can't do food labs. I, I can't, I, I see these family consumer science teachers all over the country. They put together food kits and they come pick, the kids come pick them up at the schools. And I'm like, no, we, we can't, I can't do any of that. We, I, I don't know that my students have a working oven. I don't know that they have parental vision or uh, supervision to do that. We got approval for doing microwaves. So we can do microwave cooking labs at home. So I go down into my kitchen and the students are in their kitchen and they're practicing measuring things, but they can't make anything. They can, they can put the dry ingredients together for pancakes and they can put the wet ingredients for them and they can't, they can't do anything past that if they don't, if I don't see a parent helping them or, you know, for later on, they can, you know, bring those together and have pancakes for dinner. But it is, it is definitely um, difficult because, you know, you know, you do that, you do that student survey in the beginning of the year. Why did you take my class to mm-hmm. cook, to cook, to yeah. cook? I did it, you know, to, to sew. And, you know, as sixth graders and sixth, seventh and eighth graders in Virginia Beach City Public Schools, they all learn how to use a sewing machine. Well, not this year. Oh, yeah. Not this year. Not yeah. This, yeah. Well, no. same thing in my district. We have. Yeah. We have our sewing machines, but our teacher who teaches that class, she can't do anything with them. Uh, we're, uh, we are just transitioning over to the, uh, you, I want to call it's, it's not even a hybrid model, but it is it's a crazy model, it's a crazy <laughs> model. You got that right, girl. And we are, our ske- word AABB schedule. Uh-huh. We're still, you know, ironing out the, this insane schedule but for all of our hands-on classes our CTE classes we cannot share anything so my students are going to be in person if they choose to come in person let me same here yep same here and then but it's just good I'm going to be teaching the same exact way that I'm teaching now I'm doing the digital notebooks I'll have everything up on the screen and we will I'm not going to be allowed to walk around my classroom. Um, it's just students will come, open up your laptops. All right, guys, we're going to do the same thing like what we've been doing in Zoom. Here we go. Yes. yes. So our sixth graders, as of February uh, 2nd, if they're moms, so it's, it's, it's kindergarten through sixth, they're face-to-face if they choose. So I have a sixth grade class 
15 of them are at home and 15 of them are face-to-face and they're doing exactly that. They're whatever they're doing at home, they're doing in the classroom, right? And then my seventh and eighth graders come back February 22nd. If they want to come back, they can come back. So I will have half of them at home and half of them in the schools. And on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I get the seventh graders face-to-face. On Thursdays and Fridays, I get the eighth graders face-to-face. So (laughs) in my head, I'm like, I'm like, what, what am I doing now? I am allowed to have them in the labs, but it has to be, you know, equal across the board of what I'm doing. So how am I going to, I actually can't do labs in the classroom because I have to make sure that the kids at home have something comparable. So this is just something that it's a common theme that I'm hearing across the board in my state, at least, and maybe in other FCS classes and all. Equity does not mean equal. So that is that is something that I'm just constantly hearing. And equity does not mean equal. So what I do for in person, I don't have to do for my online and for same thing online, I don't have to do for my in-person, but in some ways kids are going to get screwed. I know with that thought, that process with, we are as teachers, we are being mandated to buy these crazy schedules. So it is, it is something else. (laughs) We could go on for hours just talking about that. Uh, right, 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 right. No, yeah. but so what is, so you've come from, we both have the, not just both, all of us, all, for the most part, all FCS teachers have their own wayward journey into the FCS classroom. What advice would you give to a new teacher who's just coming out of, out of the, the teacher pipeline and coming into their classroom for the first time, whether it be virtually or, or right. in person, what advice would you give that person? I would say, first of all, um, find a friend within your district, within the family consumer science teachers, find a mentor. If they don't introduce, if they don't make that effort to introduce themselves, you know, in August or whenever you join, set, go and find all of their email addresses and blast out an introduction. One or two will write back and say, we're so welcome to have you. That's your person. That's the person that you know will ask, uh, answer any questions that you have. Okay. So you're going to find a mentor in your district. Then you're going to join every Facebook page <laughs> that supports family consumer science. Okay. And then the next person you are going to become really good friends with is your accountant, is your bookkeeper in your school, because she will have your back in regards to, hey, you know, you have like $500 over here and you're going to lose it or, you know, use it. You have X amount of days or, I want to do breakout boxes. How do I do that? Okay, um, I want to set up an online tax-free account with Walmart so I don't have to go 
to Walmart at seven o'clock in the morning with the car that I've gotten the night before, you know, how do I do that? So the money that you need, <laughs> um, that person, um, your bookkeeper will help you alleviate a lot of headaches and a lot of um, unknowns and your mentor at other schools or maybe in your school, if you're not a singleton, she will help you navigate the, the district. So that that's that's what I say. But talk, those would be my advice is to, to find your mentor, join a Facebook group and just listen to as many people as possible in the in the industry. Uh, that is great advice. And that's exactly what we should all be doing, joining as many groups and communities out there to get more tangible advice and and lessons because yes we're constant and that's the thing that I love about what we do because no lesson is ever the same that's no favorite part I'm able yeah. to reinvent a lesson to make it that much more dynamic and that much more engaging and then getting the student input on that and seeing right seeing the excitement and the anticipation build up I love that. And that, that is what fuels me. Now you, when, um, when you signed up to come onto the show and everything you put in, a, it, it was a cute acronym, SWATA. Oh yes. <laughs> what is the SWATA? The SWATA team. The SWATA team was a first annual, it's a club that I uh, created this year for the first time, but we had a, it was a virtual club this, this year. It was, um, it's sweaters we ought to throw away. And it uh, starts in late October every year. And it's basically designing your ugly sweater for December. Because in, in Virginia, North, Northern Virginia or Virginia Beach, wherever I've been in the past 10 years that I've lived in this, or 13 years that I've lived in this state, every December, every Friday, you wear an ugly sweater. For every Friday, you you know have your your holiday gear gets on, right? Your holiday cheer. So you know, with my sewing machines and sewing talent, I had last year we had the SWATA team meet every Tuesday so that they could work on their stuff and then wear their sweater. You know, either it was a new sweater every Friday or it was a development. Like I'll have you send a picture of my sweater. It was completely ugly. But I had some girls that were really, really, really into it this year. And we met virtually. So they'd be working on their sweater and they'd have their cameras and I'd have my sweater and they all had hot cocoa and we would just talk. And most of them were sixth graders. And already when the SWATA team ended this year, right before Christmas break, one of the little girls has already decided that if possible, she would like to run for president of the club. And I'm like, Oh, I, I didn't know we had a officer's board, but <laughs> absolutely. So she's so into it. She's like, I already know what I'm doing next year, Mrs. Robertson. I'm like, well, all right, Violet. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it was a, it was a really funny um, club. I didn't have too many. I, I think I had seven of them this year. I had 15 of them last year, um, which I thought was pretty good for my first year there. Well, but because of the digital, yeah, for your first year there and the fact that you were digital, I think yes. that 
that shows that shows us all that students are just craving for to do something. Yeah, do something. Yeah. So good for you. So, and then next year, I'm hoping to add a fundraiser thing to it, where I would like a news station that, as where better and viewers have to do a poll online as to whose sweater is the ugliest. And, you know, I, I, it's all in my head, but I think that would be really funny for the newscaster and the sportscaster and the anchors to wear really ugly sweaters, at least for some segment of the show. <laughs> well, I love I that. And you, you build that it because you build it. They will come just like, you know, in the right field of dream. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, yes. You build yes. that lesson plan. You build that officer's club. You build that engagement. Right. People will become drawn to it and they will come and they will do purchase. Yeah. 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 You know, I love that. We'll have to try to get that, try to get your pictures of your spot. It's very funny. I would love to showcase that. So you have talked about moving from a Google Classroom to Schoology. Yes. So what is, so that, and you have technology in your background. So do you have a tech tip that you can share with us? So I just learned a tech tip and it was, my son is a librarian in Maryland and he always makes fun of me because I have no idea what TikTok is. I mean, I do, but I just, I kind of avoid it like the plague because it's so popular and the kids get it. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. But anyway, he sent me a TikTok of a tech advice that I totally love. There is a um, way of showing videos and you just want your students to see that one particular video. So, and, you know, I used to give them the link and then along the left-hand side or the right-hand side, there'd be like the next video that they can watch. You know, well, I, I just wanted them to watch my video. So what you do is in the video link, that name, there's the word watch, okay? And then there's a question mark. So the space in between the word watch and the question mark you put your cursor in there and you type the the items backspace and then the word pop-up, P-O-P-U-P. So the backspace and the word pop-up is inserted between the word watch and the question mark, okay? And then you copy that and put it in your Google slide or in your Schoology as that link and voila, your students are only watching the video that you want them to watch. Uh-huh. It works like a charm. I love it. Ooh, that is a great tech tip. Yes. So in any video on um, YouTube, I think it only, you know, I'm backing that up. I think it has to be a YouTube generated mm-hmm. video. But when you look at that link address, that all those crazy letters and numbers, there's always this word watch and a question mark. So you're going to find that and then you're going to input backslash pop-up, put that in there. Then you copy and paste that into whatever, wherever you want to put that. And um, it just, it makes it the full screen and that's what they're watching. Okay. So in, is it backspace pop-up? What is it? It's not backspace. 
It's not the dash. <laughs> I don't know the name of it. It's not the dash. It's the space. Yeah. It's the long space. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> Listen to my tech. It's the thingy that does the thingy. <laughs> I will find the code and I will yeah. in uh, for our link. But yeah. that is a great tech tip. So we it will, I will highlight that. And how about, are you reading any books? I do a lot of audio reading Ooh. and I read um, How to Be a Pirate or excuse me, How to Teach Like Button, How to Be yes. a Pirate, <laughs> How to Be a Pirate. No, Mrs. Robertson, it's How to Teach Like a Pirate. I loved, loved, loved that book. And and um, I I read it twice and I followed his his week one thing to a T last year and it worked beautifully. The whole um, treasure island, deserted island, and the crash on the island. Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna leave on the island? Who you're not gonna leave on? They. It worked beautifully. I was pinching myself how amazing I got the buy-in from my crazy eighth graders. But yes, great. Well, I will feature that. How to teach like a pirate? Yes, I love the Dave Burgess and uh, his. His team, that is uh, amazing. That book is amazing. It really is a life changer when yes. it comes to classroom management and getting in that, that student buy-in. So that's great. Yes. Ditch the textbook is another good one. Yeah. Ditch that textbook. Yes. Yes. How about, do you have a favorite recipe that you can make over and over and over again? Yes, I have. <laughs> my husband's like, my husband's like, you're not making those again, are you? Um. I can do it with my eyes closed, my hands tied behind my back. I can make um, homemade pretzels. I do it every year with my sixth graders. So we make the dough, we roll out the dough, we make the pretzels, we bake the pretzels, then we eat the pretzels. It's this whole, yeah, I've done that every single year since I've taught with my sixth grade classes. And I have four quarters a year times six, 24. Plus the nut, yeah. So I've I've done it way, yeah. And it's it they love it. They just love the whole pretzel making. It's a fi- I mean, it can be a fiasco. Um, the, and the thing of it is, you have to get the dough in the morning. Like so, the students that make their dough don't necessarily get to use their dough. And I tell them that, like, you making the dough now, it's going to be used this afternoon. And then I. I tend to have to make the 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 morning dough because I want it fresh. That's the only thing I can't work out how to do that. I the, the the recipe that I use is really good. It's it's pretzel dough recipe, but I'm sure there's a recipe where I can do an overnight proofing where they can use it the next day. It's just yeah. So it's well, homemade. If you could, could you share your uh, your recipe, your pretzel recipe with me? And I will put it in like my weekly newsletter. And so those of you yes. who have joined the, the newsletter com- uh, community, they will have access to, to your amazing pretzel recipe. Yes. And now I, it is not my recipe. I will give credit. It's Laura Vitale's. She's a food blogger. Yes. Um, and... Um, I love her. She's from New Jersey and she talks like this. Hi, this is Laura. And I'm going to make it pretzels today. It just cracks. The kids are like, Miss Robertson, that's not even funny. I'm like, it is funny. 
It is funny. But anyway, <laughs> where I'm from, and that just I know, and I say water. <laughs> Just like your SWATA event. Like, exactly, my SWATA event. <laughs> I love it. Well, how can teachers or FCS community or or just anybody who is listening to this, how can they get in, how can people contact you if they want other advice or if they're, you said something that just speaks to them? How can people get in touch with you? I think the best way is right now through my email address. I had tried over the summer to um, build a website and I was really into it. And I, I had my Google site set up um, and um, I'm just, I'm not there yet as being confidently a great source of information. It, it started out all fantastic and then slowly fell apart. <laughs> So my, um, the best way is through my email address. Um, and it's, you have my email address or I just share it. Yeah. It's, it's M A B R O B E R. So it's M A B my, my first initial, my first, second initial, and then B for my middle name. And then Robert R O B E R at the like Virginia be like beach schools with an s.com all right i got it well i will be sure to include that in the link and do you have facebook or instagram or twitter or i do have facebook uh just moira robertson okay my instagram is ms ms underscore that's the word underscore teen living Miss Teen Living. Okay. And my Facebook is Moira Robertson. And I I have a Twitter account, but I don't use it a lot. But it's at Miss Teen Living. Okay. And that is for your t- okay. uh, for Twitter. Okay. Well, perfect. Well, I'll yes. sure to include all of those links into your bio and for showcasing just have people to get in touch with you because you just shared a whole bunch of great information and (laughs) advice. And we're, we're not alone when it comes to the hybrid model, the in-person, the virtual, all of this that is, that is happening. We're all in this crazy cycle that, or (laughs) it's, we could even call it a cyclone because we don't even know where, where it's going to land and what it's going to look like at the end of this, this season of, of just virtual hybrid teaching. Because, yeah, we, there's a lot of unknowns and uncertainties right now, but it's exciting to see the evolution of where our teaching practices began to where we are now. Right. And this has been an absolute joy. And do you have any shout outs that you would like to to share with people? Um, just my peeps in Virginia Beach. All of you guys are awesome. All of my um, teen living teachers and those ones that I learned from in Stafford County, Virginia. So, yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for joining. You are welcome. I'm so glad. So glad you're here. <laughs>
Well, I'm thankful for you and for all of the listeners out there. If anybody is interested uh, that you want to come on to the show, please come on and share your knowledge, share your passions. I want to feature you. I want to spotlight you because what you're doing, it, it, it's, it matters and it's important and you need to be showcased for that. So thanks for listening. Thank you for joining the conversation today. Each episode on the Connect FCS Ed podcast, we boldly celebrate families and careers by providing inspiration, support, and resources for teachers, students, and families everywhere. If you could do me a quick favor, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. My mission is to get this out in front of as many people as possible to help educate and inform the community that home economics is alive and well. Thanks again for spending your time with me today. And be sure to visit fcspodcast.com for past episodes and resources to help spread the word that family and consumer sciences is today's home economics.